You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. The breaking news. And there's not a lot of breaking news for a Tuesday. There usually is a lot more than what we have. It's been the second Tuesday in a row where the, the news hasn't, uh, hasn't been what it normally is. But that's fine. We'll, we'll talk about what is there. The Eagles are starting Jalen Hurts again. That's significant. Jalen Hurts looked great. The Eagles' offense looked great. They beat the Saints, which is a tall task. And uh, you couldn't ask for anything more against Jalen or for Jalen Hurts. I mean, he was really, he had a matchup that uh, didn't favor him and looked like they were sending him out to the Wolves. And he came through with a victory. So he deserves that uh, the start. And for fantasy football purposes, it's something to monitor because we said, you know, pick him up and then watch how he does against the Saints because if he can be remotely good, then he has some fantasy relevance. And he has some fantasy relevance because he looked more than good. He looked great. And, uh, of course, he's going to be playing teams that aren't going to be the Saints. So uh, Debo Samuel, he's out for the remainder of the regular season with that hamstring. That was kind of a big blow, and he probably cost some teams – you know, in their playoff games. He only had, like, one catch and then, you know, hurt it early into the game and uh, really opened the way for Brandon Ayuk to come in. And I think that continues now. I'm, uh, we'll talk about it with our, our pickups, but we definitely have a uh, one of our pickups of the week is going to be a 49ers receiver because that's a big blow, losing Debo Samuel. And he just couldn't stay healthy all year. And it's been one of those <laughs> one of those years for him. It's disappointing. If the Niners don't make the playoffs, then it's, he's probably done for the season. Uh, so maybe he can rebound next year. But uh, you got to be kind of disappointed with uh, his injury history so far. Gardner Minshew, he's named the Jaguars' starting quarterback. Old Gardner. And this is a great move because he came in for Mike Glennon, who just looked horrible. Glennon had a great matchup against Tennessee and just couldn't get anything done. Gardner Minshew... He looked a lot better. So I agree with this move. I think if the Jaguars even hope to win one of their remaining three games, that uh, he needs to be the quarterback. And he makes a lot uh, of the other players on his team relevant again that were kind of uh, not getting the production with the quarterback situation. So that's good news all the, all the way around. And then Sam Darnold said he loves being a, a New York Jet, but the decision's not up to him. And you're right, Sam. The decision's not up to you. And they're going to move on to Trevor Lawrence. I, you know, I don't blame them per se. You can get the top quarterback in, you know, in the draft. You got to take him, especially when it's coveted as Trevor Lawrence. But at the same time, I don't, you know, I don't think Sam Darnold got a fair shake. He's been on just some pretty bad teams, and I think he can go to a team and really make a difference for this uh, his new team. Uh, under a new system, and uh, I know I'm looking ahead at that situation, but I mean Sam Darnold, I think knows what's going on, and he knows that he's not going to be there anymore once uh, once the season ends. And uh, that's that's the NFL for you in a nutshell. I mean, you looked at Josh uh, Rosen, who got drafted by the Cardinals, and he's already on his third team, and uh, of no fault of his own, you know didn't really get a get a shot even so that happens sometimes and teams are uh, it's easy to move on from uh, you know first round draft picks at, at quarterback a lot easier than it used to be when they used to have those big contracts so uh Donald it'll be interesting to see where you go but it won't be in New York unless it's the Giants Let's get into our recap of week 14 a little bit. We'll start off with the the quarterbacks. We 
had a lot of great games, a, a lot of great performances. The ones that I want to mention, though, uh, Taysom Hill against Philadelphia. They lost, but it was just really good to see him throwing touchdown passes again for two weeks in a row. You know, we, we knew we could rush the ball and score that way, but the way he's incorporating everyone else into the offense is really great to see. Alvin Kamara was relevant. He got a lot of targets. So I, I think this is just a sign of, you know, good things to come for Taysom Hill. He was 28 for 38 for 291 yards, had two touchdowns. He had an interception. Only ran the ball five times for 33, so... Uh, he really looked more like a quarterback in this one. Derek Carr had great game against the Colts in the losing effort. It was a shame that they lost, but 316 yards and, and two touchdowns. Rush for a touchdown. He threw the two picks, but, I mean, fantasy football-wise, great performance. Tua, we already talked about kind of with uh, Mike Gesicki. Threw two touchdowns to him, ran for a touchdown himself. And he had 316 yards passing. So he kept it close against Kansas City. And, you know, they lost by six points. So that uh, great game by Tua. Russell Wilson against the Jets. We don't need to talk about this. We knew it was inevitable. Any team facing the Jets, but especially the, the talents of Russell Wilson. He had 206 yards and four touchdowns. It was just, uh, it was sad. That game was really sad. Yeah, he, he actually was... Uh, he was benched, not benched because he was bad, but he was benched because they wanted to get the backup quarterback some action. It was such a blowout. Mitchell Trubisky, he got 267 yards, three touchdowns. Really good day by him. Hit Darnell Mooney, which I like to see. Darnell Mooney always seemed like he'd be a good play if he was utilized. He was. He scored. Jimmy Graham made an appearance and scored a touchdown at tight end. So... Good game from Mitchell Trubisky. Drew Locke, he's our other one against Carolina. It He had a game where you didn't know he did as well as he did until you just seen the stats flash on the screen. You're like, I'm watching this game, and he doesn't look like he's doing what he's actually doing. 280 yards, four touchdowns. Two to Hamler. Uh, Tim Patrick got one. It was overall Nick Van Nett, tight end since uh, Fant was ill. Really good day by Drew Locke, and he helped pull off the uh, upset against the Carolina Panthers. And uh, Drew Locke is one of those guys where you don't want to like him because he's maddening, where he keeps disappointing you, not putting up the stats that you think he could in certain matchups. And then he goes and pulls something like this, and then you're like kind of believing him all over again. And it's really tough because you're like, should the Broncos move on from Duloc and just try to get a, a better signal caller? And then he has this, these type of performances, and you're like, man, maybe he shouldn't. And it's been kind of that seesaw back and forth the Bronco fans have been going through probably most of the year. It's just, uh, it, I'm glad I'm not a Bronco fan, but I'll be honest, I, I definitely think Drew Locke is a guy that just needs more time and could be a, a pretty good weapon. I... Running back position, we definitely had some great games. Some of them not so good. James Robinson, I really liked him. He was one of my stars of the week. Didn't do anything. Got like four points. I, I de definitely didn't see that happening against the Tennessee Titans. But I'll own it. Um, David Montgomery, worth mentioning. He could have been the GOAT of the week if it wasn't for Sanders and Taylor. Barely uh, was outside of that. He had a good 113 yards and one touchdown. And it was mostly based off of that 80-yard run that he had at the beginning of the game. They didn't need him much after that because he only had uh, 11 carries. Uh, Nick Chubb had 17 carries for 82 yards and two touchdowns. And then he had two catches for 21 yards. And Nick Chubb was kind of crazy because he did all that early in the first half. And he ran the ball effectively in the second half, but they just didn't run him very much. It, it was like they got away from that a little bit, and that's when they started, you know, passing the ball a lot more and, and trying to open up the offense. They didn't really need to. I mean, it was still close enough where you could have still established the run, but they didn't for, for whatever reason. And Kareem Hunt was actually up there too. He had a great game. 
He had six carries for 33 yards and a touchdown, but he caught six uh, six balls out of seven targets for 77 yards and had a receiving touchdown. So you put those two together, and Hunt and Chubb is just uh, really good running backs for the Cleveland Browns, and they are both could be started in any uh, format. With anything, I think this is really great timing because it's the playoffs, and you want your best players performing in the playoffs, and this is what they both did. Mike Davis came in and got two touchdowns, 11 carries for 51 yards, 42 yards receiving. You knew when McCaffrey was going down that Mike Davis would probably be the the main back, but there's definitely whispers that it was still going to be kind of a committee uh, approach to this. So I think that scared off a lot of Mike Davis owners. Well, he uh, he definitely came through and, and did his thing and uh, was had a great game. Cam Akers, we've already talked about that, you know, 171-yard rushing. And then Dalvin Cook always makes it in here. He sneaks in here. 102 yards on 22 carries and a touchdown. Just really doing Dalvin Cook things. There was a, a, a series there where I think they ran Dalvin Cook every single play on the drive. It was ridiculous. Uh, and they kind of got away from that a little bit in the second half. I, I would like to see Dalvin Cook a little bit more. The Buccaneers couldn't stop it, which, you know, is crazy because the Buccaneers are, are, are a great run defense. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Dalvin Cook, he can he performs, and, and he did in this one. Wide receivers... There's a lot of great wide receivers that we can talk about. Uh, Stephon Diggs against the Steelers just felt like he was open all day long. Every time you turn around, it was Diggs catch here, Diggs catch there. Ten catches for 130 yards and the one touchdown. Really, uh, that was the key to them beating the Steelers was the fact that they didn't have an answer for Stephon Diggs. Calvin Ridley, he had 124 yards and a touchdown. Really, uh, really good performance by him. Basically, the only good performance by the Falcons in this one, and they lost to the Chargers. Allen Robinson, he's coming alive, and he, I hate to say this because I'm not a Mitch Trubisky fan. <laughs> Everyone that listens to the podcast knows this, but I like Allen Robinson with Mitch Trubisky. I'm always like, man, if he didn't have Mitch Trubisky, how well, like, how good could he be? Well. I still say that, but it's definitely not with Nick Foles. So uh, I'd give me uh, Trubisky over Foles giving Allen Robinson the ball all day long. He had nine catches for 123 yards and a touchdown. Devonta Adams against Detroit. He had seven catches for 115 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Brown had seven catches for 112 yards and a touchdown. And then Nelson Aguilar, he had five catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar played against the Colts, so that was pretty impressive. It was a matchup where you weren't sure how he was going to do. He came through. A.J. Brown against Jacksonville. Yeah, you're going to like A.J. Brown in this matchup, and he definitely came through. So really good day all the way around. I mean, I guess Valdez, Scantling, six catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. It's crazy to see him in the top 15. But, uh, yeah, the wide receivers, they really, the, the stars came through in this week. Basically, that's what it came down to. All the good receivers that had good matchups came through, did what they were supposed to do in the playoff games. That's what you want to see. There's not too many top-tier receivers unless it's like Julio Jones who was injured and didn't play. That really disappointed you. Tight end, you know, Foster Moreau. He had one catch for 47 yards. Just happened to be a touchdown, so he made it onto the list. T.J. Hawkinson had six catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. And uh, that's really not a lot to talk about. Jared Cook got 37 yards and a touchdown. And Robert Tanyan, uh, 36 yards and a touchdown. That's that's what it's that's what it looks like at <laughs> tight end. If your tight end scored a touchdown, uh, they were one of the top tight ends of the week. But overall, these uh, these numbers aren't that impressive unless, you know, we go to our goats that, uh, that we'll discuss later on. So that, uh, that will do it for our recap of the uh, NFL games and the fantasy performances. You know, 
from a non-fantasy perspective, this week was pretty entertaining. It's really starting to shake itself out on what things are going to look like. Cardinals deserve to be in that that last seventh playoff spot. It was kind of weird seeing them not be there. Um, but with the Vikings losing and the Cardinals winning, that bumps the Cardinals back up. And I'd rather see the Cardinals this year in the playoffs. I think they're the better team, and they should be in. And then in the AFC, the, the Raiders are really starting to play themselves out of the playoffs. Ravens are starting to play themselves into the playoffs. And it'll be interesting to see what happens between the uh, the Dolphins, Raiders, and Ravens for that last playoff spot. I'm, I'm pretty much counting out the Patriots. I, I just don't think that they have enough talent to make a run at this thing, uh, unfortunately. Or not unfortunately, depending on... Uh, you know who you're a fan of but uh there's only three weeks left and uh yeah playoffs are gonna be fun the burke and miz goats of the week here we go the quarterback goats of the week and it was crazy this week. We had our Goats of the Week ready to go, and then a funny thing happened. And that funny thing was Monday Night Football. We had Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, just uh, one of the most entertaining Monday Night games that we've seen in some time. Definitely the best game I've probably seen all year, NFL-wise. And uh, Lamar Jackson had to leave. Was getting, you know, had really bad cramps. Trace McSorley had to come out and try to drive the team. And uh, then Trace McSorley got hurt, and next thing you know, Lamar Jackson shoots out of the locker room, comes out, scores a touchdown, the, the Hollywood Brown right away, and then uh, drives the team down for the winning field goal at the end of the game. So just uh, really, uh, just I don't know, it's just so entertaining. And, and the th- thing that's funny about it is everyone was saying that uh, Lamar Jackson had cramps because he had to poop really bad. And... Uh, I don't know how long he had to poop, but uh, he was missing a lot of time uh, in that game. So if that was the case, it was uh, he might have set a, a record just for uh, how long it took him to, to finish. Anyways, in regards to the GOATs of the week, the number three GOAT is Baker Mayfield for the Cleveland Browns. He was on, on the other side of that game. He uh, was 28 of 47 for 343 yards. Had two touchdown passes, the one to Hollywood Higgins and the other one to Kareem Hunt. He he did throw one interception that was kind of costly because the Ravens almost took it back to the house. Bowser, I mean, Bowser's been, this is like a second interception in like three weeks. He's he's uh, He's been playing pretty well. Anyway, uh, Baker Mayfield also rushed for a touchdown. He had five carries for 23 yards. And that that touchdown, so that's three total touchdowns in this game. Really good day for Baker Mayfield, and uh, I just I'm I'm really liking the way he's using all his pieces. He's using Jarvis Landry when he needs to, when it kind of gets down to the nitty gritty, and then Hollywood uh, Hollywood Higgins is really coming along. He's becoming more and more of a target for Baker Mayfield, really earning his trust. And if you know, we told everyone to pick him up a while back. I stand by that. I mean, he's the guy to own, and he won't be one of our pickups today because you should already have him on your roster. We've been uh, telling you that uh, a while back that you needed to pick him up. Anyways, our, our number two GOAT of the week, Lamar Jackson for Baltimore. We've already talked about it. Crazy game. He didn't get as many uh, passing yards in this one. He just had the one touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown. He was 11 for 17 for 163 yards, but he rushed the ball nine times for 124 yards and had two rushing touchdowns. And those rushing touchdowns mean a lot more than passing because those are six points compared to the four points for a, a passing touchdown. And uh, that was the difference in the you know the scoring between him and Mayfield. Really, uh, you really like to watch the Baltimore Ravens offense. It was just really innovative. They were able to drive the ball down there at will. He, again, he was able to hit Hollywood Brown finally. And when he wasn't hitting Hollywood Brown, uh, Mark Andrews was 
you know, getting open uh, down the middle of the field, especially during crunch time. Lamar Jackson just had an amazing game, and he would have had even, uh, even more if he uh, didn't have to go to the locker room and have Trace McSorley uh, spell him for a little bit. And it's even, uh, he actually might have not even got this m- uh, much either, and who knows if the Ravens even would have won if they would have kept Trace McSorley out there, but Trace McSorley got hurt and uh, forced Lamar Jackson to come back out and have, have to play. So who knows what this game would have looked like. And I, I think Trace McSorley is a great backup quarterback, but nowhere near the uh, in the realm of Lamar Jackson, of course. And uh, that might have just that injury to McSorley might have just won them the game. Oddly enough, the number one goat of the week, Aaron Rodgers, against Detroit. We kind of called that one. He was one of our uh, stars of the week uh, previous to the uh, to the games. He was 26 for 33, 290 yards, three touchdowns. He uh, also ran the ball six times for 13 yards and scored a touchdown as well. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they uh, they both scored. And uh, it was it was a good day for Aaron Rodgers. It was against Detroit, and it was close, like we said it would be, just because it was at Detroit. Crazy things happened there with the, the Packers, but... Aaron Rodgers pulled it off, showing us that he's still the stud that he is, and uh, he's not going anywhere. He's probably going to have a couple more of these before the, the season's over. The Goats of the Week at running back. I really want to talk about this number three goat because he wasn't supposed to be on this list. He wasn't ever supposed to be on this list playing against the number one rushing defense in the NFL on an anemic offense that hasn't been doing anything, a brand new quarterback that everyone wasn't sure about how that quarterback would play. Everything was stacked against him. It was the playoffs. You're not sure if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be able to rely on him in the playoffs. And a lot of people didn't. They benched him. Well, if you did, I don't blame you, but that makes you really sad today and probably cost uh, cost you the game because Miles Sanders is our number three go to the week. He carried the ball 14 times for 115 yards. He had two touchdowns, two touchdowns. He also caught four uh, passes for 21 yards, but uh, it's just the fact that, you know, a lot of RPO type plays between Hertz and Sanders, and Sanders really came through. He looked like a stud, and he's done this before. I mean, he had a a good game against the Steelers and, and did really well and when you weren't expecting it. And he kind of did that here against New Orleans. And I get it. It was just basically that one big run that he had. But those count. And uh, it was enough to make him in the uh, the top three this week. Number two, Jonathan Taylor, the Indianapolis Colts running back at the Las Vegas Raiders. 20 carries for 150 yards, two touchdowns. And I thought he was going to be more involved in the passing game. He wasn't. He only caught two balls for 15 yards, but that doesn't matter when you score or you rush for 150 yards and get two touchdowns. So, just uh, overall, really good day for Jonathan Taylor. The matchup was there. You were just worried about maybe how they were going to use him this week, but uh, they they used him and he was dominant. And then, of course, our number one. We don't even need to talk about it. The uh, Derrick Henry. He's it's against the Jaguars. We we talked about it all week, saying it's the Jaguars. Derrick Henry just annihilates the Jaguars, even when their defense isn't horrible. Well, he rushed for tw- uh, or twenty six rushes for two hundred and fifteen yards, two touchdowns. Caught two balls for seven yards, but I mean, just Derrick Henry's out of control, and <laughs> with his re- uh, schedule that he has coming up, it's going to be even scarier. Like, I think Derrick Henry is going to get uh, definitely going to be the leading rusher in the NFL. And I think he gets 2,000 yards rushing. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be brave enough to say that he's going to break the record, but I think he gets 2,000 yards rushing this year. He's on pace. He doesn't need a lot of yards per game. I think he needs like 60 or so yards per game from here on out. And with the schedule, I think he does it easily. It's. Uh, yeah, he's he's just a beast, and it, it makes me nervous for the other players on the team. 
like Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown. Not because they're not good players in their own right, but the, when you can give the ball to Derrick Henry like 30 times a game and just let him win it for you, it it's hard to use those other pieces of your offense, even if they're good. And and that's uh, you know, that's what you got to be scared of with uh, with this offense. But regardless, Derrick Henry's our number one go to the week and definitely deserves it. This wide receiver, Goats of the Week, is going to be pretty fun because we have a couple receivers I really want to talk about. This first one is number three, K.J. Hamler, the rookie from Penn State for the Broncos. This was against the Carolina Panthers. He only got three targets. He had two catches for 86 yards and two touchdowns. So both his catches were touchdowns. That's pretty impressive. Drew Locke, you know, he almost made our goats of the week, just barely, you know, with the late push from uh, Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, pushed him down the, the list a little bit where he was uh, not listed anymore. But K.J. Hamler, you never would have predicted it for him to be a top three receiver, especially only getting three targets that whole game. Uh, but that's what happens sometimes in football. Getting uh, two touchdowns on the two catches, just a, a great performance by him, really giving a boost to his team. And the Broncos beat the Panthers. And I don't know if it was an upset because the Panthers aren't a very good team either, but especially being at Carolina, I think uh, the Broncos weren't supposed to win that one. And actually, I know they weren't supposed to win that one because they weren't favored. T.Y. Hilton is our number two for the Indianapolis Colts. He played the Las Vegas Raiders. This is the second week in a row he's had a really good week. Not this good, but uh, it, it's one of those things where he just disappeared all season. People were dropping him not too long ago, and just in the last three games just has been exploding onto the scene, making big plays, doing what he needs to do. He had seven targets, had five catches for 86 yards and two touchdowns. Really great performance by T.Y. Hilton. And I like him again this week for uh, against Houston. Because he just played Houston and, and did something similar to this outing against the Raiders. So he's our number two GOAT. And then our number one GOAT of the week is Tyreek Hill, Kansas City Chiefs, at the Dolphins. He was targeted seven times and only caught the ball three of them. 79 yards and a touchdown. And then he had a run that was 32 yards for a touchdown. So overall, the two touchdowns. And especially uh, Mahomes really uh, was looking his way, couldn't get him the ball. Tyreek Hill was still producing points. That just shows what type of weapon Tyreek Hill is this year. And I, you know, for as bad as Mahomes kind of looked this week, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Tyreek Hill is still the best receiver in the NFL right now. <laughs> Tight end goats of the week. This was a fun one. Irv Smith Jr. is our number three against the Buccaneers. He was four targets, four catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. What makes it even more kind of baffling for me is I was nervous to start him just because I thought that Thielen and Jefferson were going to get most of the targets. And it kind of looked like I made a great decision because he didn't do anything in the first half. But there's two halves in football. And the second half is where he just dominated and got all his targets, all his catches, all his yards, and his touchdown. So good job, Irv Smith. You made me throw up in my mouth a little bit, especially because it's a playoff game. You want to have all your, you know, all your uh, high scores on your starting roster. And in this case, I'm ashamed to say that he was on my bench, and he was the number three tight end. Number two is Mike Gesicki versus the Chiefs. for the He plays for the Miami Dolphins. Six targets, five catches, 65 yards, and two touchdowns. He's really developing a good rapport with Tua. Ever since Tua took over, Gesicki's been really relevant. He's a must-start every week, regardless of matchup. He's just such a big target, and he's fun to watch. I really like this Dolphins offense, and you know, especially now going forward with the Dolphins receivers being hurt. Well, and actually, here's the deal. 
Mike Kosicki got kind of banged up in this game too, so he might not play next week. And that will be something that we're monitoring. But we're talking about last week, and he was one of the top plays. The number one go to the week, Travis Kelsey. Was, he was on the other side of things for uh, against the Miami Dolphins. He, had, he was targeted 10 times, had eight catches for 136 yards and one touchdown. Travis Kelsey, man, it is what it is. He's the best tight end in football for a reason. He's constantly number one every week, and just having that advantage every like every time he touches the field is, is just great, especially for fantasy football purposes. You know if you have Travis Kelsey that you're going to be beating everybody by, you know, eight points at that position just because of who he is. And uh, you don't get the consistency from anyone else, that's for sure. So good job, Travis Kelsey. And something else I wanted to mention, too, that I just think is crazy is Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill can both be number one options or players at their respective positions. But then we're still sitting here saying, man, Patrick Mahomes had a bad game. What's going on? It just shows the expectations we have for Mahomes that he can, uh, you know, utilize his other two guys and keep you know have them be in the upper echelon of the league and uh, he's considered to have a bad game Burke and Miz the Wiz Maltabon Ghosts of the Week let's get this started now it's time for our Ghosts of the Week our number three quarterback Ghost of the Week is Daniel Jones versus the Cardinals he was injured, you can tell. I think the big takeaway here was Daniel Jones wasn't able to run the ball. He's a big threat when uh, he's mobile. When he's not, he looks like this. I'm 11 for 21 for 127 yards. Colt McCoy had to come back in there late, and just a horrible performance by Daniel Jones. Uh, I won't get into it too much, but I definitely think it was because of that injury. But give the Cardinals credit. They played a really good defensive game, and Hassan Reddick getting those five sacks, setting the franchise record. That was really cool to see. Mike Lennon, number two ghost of the week versus the Titans. You know, he's getting some play as a guy that you might want to start based off this matchup. And hopefully you didn't listen because it was he was 13 for 23, 85 yards, and one interception. Uh that's when Gardner Minshew came in there, and Gardner Minshew is going to be the guy from here on out, thanks to that Mike Lennon performance. And it was just the last week where I was saying he might be a good pickup because of some of these matchups. Well, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, it's Minshew's show, and the Jaguars always look better with Minshew under center anyways. Number one ghost of the week was Alex Smith against the 49ers he was 8 for 19 for 57 yards and an interception and I get that he was hurt but I still put him on there just because if you were counting on him he you know for for fantasy football purposes he didn't get you what you needed at the quarterback position and you definitely well I shouldn't say definitely but you probably lost if you played in Alex Smith at quarterback two quarterback leagues Alex Smith definitely would have been a play here and uh he didn't wasn't able to pull through so uh it's is what it is i'm just impressed that alex smith is out there even playing at all with uh, that injury that he suffered but uh not a good week by him <laughs> our running back ghost of the week just as bad as our quarterbacks. The number three is Pittsburgh Steelers' James Conner at the Buffalo Bills. This was a game where the Steelers were supposed to establish their run again and show the world that their running game wasn't a farce. Instead, they showed that it was. James Conner had 10 rushes for 18 yards. Just really no cohesion on that whole unit. Really sloppy. Even, you know, their, their passing game, that's another story, but... James Conner didn't get any receptions. You know, they couldn't get anything on the ground. They didn't try throwing to him. So, really bad day for James Conner. Number two is Ty Johnson, the New York Jets running back against the Seahawks. 
he had some play here, especially if Frank Gore wasn't able to play. Uh, Frank Gore was able to play a little bit, but uh, Ty Johnson really didn't do anything. Eight carries for 16 yards, really bad performance, and you can pretty much stick a fork in the Ty Johnson talk from here on out. Number one, and this is really painful because he had a good matchup where you know you were going to play him. I know a lot of fantasy leagues where guys played this person and really was disappointed. Cost uh, people some of their games this week. Giovanni Bernard, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, against the Cowboys. Ran the ball three times for eight yards. Caught three... uh, he had three targets, three catches for 15 yards, fumbled the ball, and then was basically benched the rest of the way. And this benching might not just be for that game. This might be a permanent benching. So tough to see for Giovanni Bernard going uh, you know, going out with a, a whimper and just having an overall really bad week at the worst possible time. So putting all those factors together, definitely our number one ghost of the week. Wide receiver ghosts of the week. The first one was Chase Claypool, Pittsburgh Steelers, at the Buffalo Bills. He was targeted six times, only had three catches for 15 yards. This is a game that you really wanted him to excel at. He didn't. Steelers lost. Chase Claypool was a non-factor. And for a talent and a beast of that caliber, the the Mapletron, um, you had to be disappointed especially because it's the playoffs, and if you played them expecting a big game, you didn't get it. So apologies on Chase Claypool. Uh, Number two, Devontae Parker, Miami Dolphins, versus the Chiefs. He was targeted two times, zero catches, zero yards, and he was injured. Um, But I'm counting injury on this one because this was the playoffs, and you don't have – time to say oh well he was injured I'll get him next time there is no next time in the playoffs there's there's never a next time so I, I don't count it during the regular fantasy football season f- when the injuries happen but an injury during the playoffs can really kill you and uh, it did so in this case with Devontae Parker and it's also going to be the case for this number one wide receiver ghost Debo Samuel 49ers wide receiver versus Washington he wasn't targeted at all. Had one run for nine yards. Got hurt. Uh, Going to miss the rest of the season more than likely. And that's another one where you had him in your lineup expecting big things. Didn't even make it through the first quarter. And uh, probably cost you your fantasy football playoffs if you played him. So uh, a lot not to like here. It's just gross looking at this. And especially knowing that uh, there's people that started these guys this week and uh, probably aren't feeling too good about their team after this or their season now that you know potentially could be over. <laughs> the tight end ghosts of the week, this is just as sad as the running backs and wide receivers. The first one is Evan Ingram, New York Giants against the Arizona Cardinals. This was a matchup where you thought Evan Ingram might do pretty well, and again, he disappoints. So this is becoming more of a habit with Ingram than it is the opposite. He was starting to come around a little bit and had some great performances, and then just kind of crashed back to earth with this one. Four targets, two catches, 18 yards, and... uh not anything that you were proud of or you'd write home to mom about. Number two is Zach Ertz for the Eagles against the Saints. Now, I I know we weren't expecting Zach Ertz to have a huge game, but he was targeted three times, had two catches for eight yards, and it's kind of a big fall from grace for Zach Ertz. As much as, uh, you know, as high as he was drafted this year with the expectations, he really hasn't met those. And it has to be something wrong with him to just have, you know, to basically fall off a cliff the way he has this year. I know he's coming back from injury, so it might have been slowing him down, but just a really bad 
pathetic performance against the Saints. Number one ghost of the week is Hayden Hurst for the Atlanta Falcons. At the Los Angeles Chargers, he was targeted three times, had one catch for seven yards, and this was not the week for Hayden Hurst, and there hasn't been a lot of weeks for Hayden Hurst. If you have him on your team, you just need to drop him. He's not doing anything. All he's doing is taking up a roster spot that you could use for someone else that could be a lot more productive. So uh, Hayden Hurst has kind of put the nail on the uh, in the coffin with what we can expect from him this season, fantasy football-wise. And if you're in the playoffs now, you're not playing Hayden Hurst regardless of his matchup because you can't trust him. And, you know, you don't want to take that risk. It's Burke and Mrs. Pickups of the Week. Let's get started. Here it is. This is the part where we help you win your fantasy football championship by telling you who to pick up. And this week is really important because there's only a couple weeks left of the season and you need to make the key pickups right now to win your championship. So going right into it, number three quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, Washington football team. And I know what you're thinking. Why on earth would you recommend Dwayne Haskins? Well, I definitely am recommending him, but here's the deal. All the great quarterbacks that you should already have should be on a roster right now, especially if you're in a two-quarterback league. You're not going to have much choice of what's available. And Dwayne Haskins is probably going to be a better choice than what you have on the waiver wire. He's playing the Seattle Seahawks next week. Now, granted, Seattle's defense is a lot better, and they're starting to gel and hold the opposing teams to less yardage than they did earlier on. But that's still through the air a weak matchup and benefits Dwayne Haskins. And then you go around the championship week, and he's playing the Carolina Panthers. You saw what Drew Locke just did to the Carolina Panthers. I, I think Dwayne Haskins even does half of that. Again, in a two-quarterback league, that's uh, that could be significant. So, Dwayne Haskins is on my radar. Brandon Allen for the Bengals. I have him on here. He plays the Steelers this week. And Steelers are not as invincible as what they were previously. They're giving up some passing yards. They're tired. They're injured. And this could be an opportunity for Allen, especially because... You have Tyler Boyd, you have T. Higgins as weapons, and I just like the weapons around him. I, I think that makes him a decent option uh, down the stretch, and uh, he needs to be another person that could be a pickup for those two quarterback leagues. Number one is Gardner Minshew for the Jaguars, and I know what you're thinking. Why Gardner Minshew? He plays the Ravens, he plays the Bears. Really not a good matchup for <laughs> Gardner Minshew, but I think they're going to be playing from behind, and that's going to be uh, making a game plan where they're going to have to be playing catch-up and chucking the ball. And any team that's chucking the ball a lot, that leads to a lot of points. And so that's my reasoning behind Gardner Minshew. Now, Granted, all these pickups are for two quarterback leagues. I will never recommend any of these guys for your starting quarterback. In if you made the playoffs, you don't need these guys to plug in at quarterback. That's just you, you don't need them. But uh, we've, like I said, we've already said to pick up everybody else, and these are kind of the leftovers. And I think these are the best of the leftovers based off of uh, what we kind of just talked about. Running back. DeAndre Washington for the Dolphins is my number three. There's just a lot of injuries at, on the Dolphins. Uh, Savin Ahmed, Miles Gaskin. I don't know if any of those guys are going to play. And DeAndre Washington played last week. He didn't play well, but you got to like those targets and opportunities. So if Miles Gaston doesn't play, you might have a good play here on your hands with DeAndre Washington. So that's why he's my number three. 
My number two is Travion Williams for the Cincinnati Bengals. We kind of talked about it with Giovanni Bernard and how he, he was benched after he fumbled, and I don't think he's coming back. I think he's going to be benched for the rest of the season. They want to get younger. They want to see what they have from their players, and they already know what they have from Giovanni Bernard. I think it's going to be Travion Williams' time, and he's going to get uh, the bulk of the carries throughout uh, the rest of the season and could be a really good pickup. Jeff Wilson is my number one, and that's just because the 49ers, they use so many running backs, but they're definitely using Moster and Wilson the most. Wilson gets touchdowns, and that's what I like about him. Moster could run the ball all the way down to the five, and then they're going to give it to Wilson to score. So the, the thing I like about Wilson is more than likely you're going to get a touchdown from him. I mean, I he, he scored touchdowns the last couple weeks, and uh, he's a guy that, uh, yeah, he could be relevant. He, it's all about touchdowns in fantasy football, and Jeff Wilson is that guy for the 49ers, especially with Debo Samuel being hurt. I think they're going to focus a little bit more on the running game. Not that they don't already do that already, but now it's just going to be more so. It's going to be like 95% runs and 5% passes. Uh, I'm exaggerating, but it, it's going to be a heavy, heavy workload. Wide receiver, my number three is Matt Collins for the Dolphins. I put him on here just because he's the guy that they go to when they don't have anybody left. And right now the Dolphins don't have anyone left. Devontae Parker's hurt. Uh, Jakeem Grant is hurt. Mike Kosicki is hurt. So that's going to be a lot of opportunity for Matt Collins if none of those guys play. Yeah, Tua needs to throw it somewhere. I think it's a, a, you know, a roll of the die to, to have Matt Collins in case that happens. He could be a pretty sneaky play. Number two is Kendrick Bourne for the 49ers. This goes back to the Debo Samuels being hurt. Since Debo Samuels hurt with that hamstring, I think Kendrick Bourne is the one that takes over and gets uh, that volume. Obviously, Brandon Ayuk is going to be the main receiver, and he's going to be the the you know, the, the main culprit of all the targets. But Kendrick Bourne is going to be the other guy. And he he's a good wide receiver, a good route runner. He gets touchdowns. And uh, if he stays healthy in the game, I, I, I think he can be a good option. Number one, Keelan Cole for the Jaguars. If you haven't heard, Gardner Minchie's coming back. Keelan Cole kind of disappeared with Glennon throwing the ball. Now that Minshew's back, he likes nothing better than Keelan Cole. So Keelan Cole's going to be relevant again. Perfect time. Uh, perfect timing right for the playoffs. So Keelan Cole's the number one pickup for uh, the, the waiver wire. Tight end, my number three is Adam Shaheen. Uh, Shaheen, sorry. Adam Shaheen is the Dolphins' tight end. Back up to Mike Kosicki. If Mike Kosicki doesn't end up playing... Shaheen could be a really good play with how much Tua utilizes the tight end position. Number two is Will Disley for the Seahawks. I've been on the Jacob Hollister bandwagon, and I'm jumping off because what is going on is they're both getting no targets, but Will Disley is getting them closer to the end zone. So I like Will Disley's chances of scoring a lot more. And uh, with any kind of tight end matchup, I just think that Will Disley is the better play now. So you need to pick up Will Disley, and he's my number two. And then number one pickup at tight end is Dan from IT Arnold for the Arizona Cardinals. He's scored four touchdowns the last four games. He's been on fire. Kyler Murray's using him again, kind of like the end of last season where we thought maybe Dan Arnold would be uh, – relevant beginning of this season when he wasn't well now they're going back to that old magic from last year at the end of the season and you know again tight end such a touchdown dependent uh, position i want to get the guy that's scoring touchdowns every week so dan arnold number one uh pickup of the week and there you have it uh, you know uh, it's disappointing that it's playoff time and there's not some big major pickup that you can make but you know, sometimes you can play these matchups and plug players in where uh, they can do better than what the uh, expectations are sometimes. And 
you know, win you some of those games. And these are the games that matter. So you got to have everything on the table and uh, pull out all the stops. And and I will say that uh, you don't need to hold on to your bench players anymore. Uh, they're they're irrelevant. You're not going to use them. So use those spots for handcuffs and defenses and things where uh, it's going to help you win your 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 playoff season. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview Starting now. Time to preview the Thursday night game. It's the Los Angeles Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are favored by three and a half points. I like it. I think the Raiders do win by three and a half points in this one. So I'm taking the Raiders. The over-under is 54.5. I don't have a lot of people sitting in this game. I have a whole lot of starts, so I'm taking the over. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. You're starting both quarterbacks because of that. Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. Uh, they're going to be passing all over the place, and you're going to get a lot of points from both of those guys. Um, for the Chargers, Austin Eckler, I think he's a start just rushing and receiving against this Raiders defense. You know, they just fired their defensive coordinator, so that's a little relevant, but um, I I don't think it, the defense is going to improve all of a sudden. Like, the, the talent is still... Uh, or I should say the lack of talent is still with the Las Vegas Raiders. So really good game from uh, Austin Eckler, you can expect. And then Mike Williams is hurt, so you're not sure if he's going to play or not. If he doesn't play, I like Tryon Johnson. You need to play him. Uh, but if Mike Williams does play, I really like him in this matchup. Same for Keenan Allen. I like Keenan Allen. He's Keenan Allen. He's been dominating so you're playing him and then I'm, I'm sitting Hunter Henry I just don't like him in this matchup and we've already talked about how I'm disappointed with him dropping too many balls and not being a as a key part of the offense as what I thought he was going to be for the Raiders you know we said Derek Carr Josh Jacobs if he plays he's a start here and I think he's going to play this week so uh this is a game that you want him to be in. It's perfect timing that he's coming back for the second week of the playoffs. And I think he can be a, a top 10 running back this week. Nelson Aguilar, he, you're definitely starting him. He's going to have a good game. And then Darren Waller, of course you're starting Darren Waller. He's uh, going to dominate. This is a game where it's yeah going to be the Darren Waller show and going to be Derek Carr's main weapon. So put him in there with confidence. He's going to win you the week. And then Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, I, I'm just done with those two. I, I don't think they're going to have productive performances. They could be on your bench. Uh, you can get better receivers that have higher upside than them in this matchup. But uh, back in the day when I was a little kid in the early 80s, I'm kind of aging myself, but this was one of the first games I saw was a Chargers-Raiders game. I thought the Chargers were the good guys and the Raiders were the bad guys. Uh, so every time this game comes on, I, I think of that. And uh, Still to this day, I, I cheer for the, the Chargers because I, they're the good guys, right? Um, obviously, uh, I don't believe that anymore. But uh, for whatever reason, that's uh, where my loyalties kind of go with this matchup every year. The Saturday slate, we have the Buffalo Bills at the Denver Broncos. The Mile High City should be a fun game, although I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The over-under is 50 points. I'm taking the under. Not a lot of people I would start in this one. Bills are favored by six, and 
I normally like the Broncos at home in a situation like this. Playing on a Saturday, trying to make up for the lack of college football, we'll get to watch some more NFL games, which I won't. I don't mind at all. But uh, I think the Bills win by six in this one. I, I just like the way the Bills are playing. Um, I think they win by more than a touchdown. You're starting Josh Allen. He doesn't have a good matchup, but the way he's playing is just he's been on fire. And Devin Singletary, I really like him in this one. Uh, he hasn't been playing well, but uh, in this matchup, I think that he's going to be relevant, and you can start him. I, I definitely think he's worthy of a flex spot, so if you have your flex spot, you might consider Devin Singletary in this one. And then Stephon Diggs, we don't need to talk about. He's one of the top receivers for a reason. You're playing him. You're benching everyone else, Zach Moss, Cole Beasley, John Brown. And he, John Brown's of note because he's supposed to be coming back from his injury this week. But I just don't like him. Uh, I don't think he'll produce in this one. So stay away, but uh, maybe think about him the for the championship week. The Broncos, oh, sorry, Dawson Knox, you're benching him as well. I don't feel like Dawson Knox gets enough targets in the, the passing game regardless of his matchup. Broncos, you're sitting Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler, and Jerry Judy. It's just because I think Tredavious White's going to be on on Tim Patrick. And Jerry Judy, just for whatever reason, doesn't have a good rapport with Drew Locke. Um, he hasn't been that relevant at all. And then K.J. Hamler, he had three targets last week, you know. So unless you think he's going to get two catches and two touchdowns again that's a really risky play for a playoff so I'm not playing him uh, I'm starting Noah Fant of course if he's not sick he left the game uh, against uh, the Panthers ill apparently wasn't COVID related he's fine he's uh, supposed to be playing but definitely monitor that so if he does play he's a start Marvin Gordon's a start for sure and then Drew Locke, he's a start in this one. So, you know, we can have some more of that Drew Locke magic that he showed against the Panthers. Uh, I don't think we will necessarily to that extent, but uh, he could still get a couple touchdowns and, and be a, a solid top 15 quarterback type play in this matchup. So I'll be looking forward to it. Should be a fun game. The last Saturday night game is going to be the Carolina Panthers at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are favored by eight and a half points. And I just think that's crazy. I realize they're in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. And it's just a little bit over a touchdown. But I'm taking the Panthers in this one. I I think they... I don't know. I don't think they win by any means, but I think they make it closer than uh, eight and a half. 51 is the over-under. I'm taking the over. I, I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game. You're starting Mike Davis or Christian McCaffrey, whatever running back ends up playing in this matchup. Hopefully it's Christian McCaffrey because he is going to dominate a performance like this. And that's why I actually think they're going to keep it close is they'll be able to run the ball effectively. Uh, so start McCaffrey. If he doesn't play, start Davis. And then DJ Moore, you need to start him if he comes back from uh, the COVID. I, I think DJ Moore is going to have a great game here against the Packers, so you can have some confidence in playing him. But everyone else is pretty much a sit. Teddy Bridgewater, I don't like him in this one. Robbie Anderson, uh, Curtis Samuel, I don't like. Uh, Moore and McCaffrey are both back, and that really takes away targets from Curtis Samuel and makes him ineffective. So I don't think he's a play anymore. And then Ian Thomas, of course, they don't throw to the tight end. The Green Bay Packers, you're starting Aaron Rodgers. You're starting Aaron Jones. You're starting Jamal Williams. I think both running backs could have a really good day against the Panthers. The Packers and the Panthers are both equally as bad at defending the running backs and the rush. So I expect both sides to just feast and uh, score a lot of points on the ground. Devontae Adams, you're obviously playing. Robert Tanyan you're playing. You just need to keep throwing Robert Tanyan out there. He keeps scoring touchdowns and getting 30 to 50 yards. That's good for the tight end position. And then you're sitting Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. 
you're definitely sitting Scantling this week. He scored last week and had 84 yards, but I, I don't expect him to have a similar performance in this one. So, sorry, Marquez, but you're on my bench this week. Overall, though, I'm you know this is a great way to end the Saturday games. It should be uh, it should be fun to see Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and Christian McCaffrey kind of duke it out. Uh, and weather permitting, because you never know with Lambeau Field, but uh, as of right now, I, I don't think it's going to be uh, weather-wise too bad of a game. Hey, that's it for the show today. We appreciate you listening. This is the Burke and Miz, the Wiz Montalban fantasy football show. I am Miz, the Wiz Montalban. We'll be back at it in a couple days to preview the Sunday morning games. In the meantime, cheers and enjoy your week.